Hey everyone, this is Vibrant Visionaries Podcast. My name is Heidi Bennett, and my guest today is producer from Rustic Films, David Lawson, aka David Lawson Jr. That's how he is on the old internets. That's where you'll find him on social media. And we had a fantastic conversation talking about Chattanooga Virtual Film Festival. He's a big part of helping out with Chattanooga as a moderator, an interviewer. We talk about a few things he did at ChatFest. If you want to learn more about the programming from 2021, I highly recommend going over to chatfilmfest.com and you can look up 2021, the Virtual Film Fest. Um, Some of the shorts that I loved, I wanted to shout out Out of Office. That was absolutely hilarious. I also loved another one, called Still Together. I thought those were two of the funniest ones. So we talk a little bit about um, an interview that he did that was really hilarious with Gary Sherman, who's a filmmaker and a musician, and a couple of other things, Chatfest related, and then about some of the films that David has produced and been a part of. And it's really uh, a really fun conversation. Thanks so much, David. And for more interviews, like with the fellas behind uh, the Old Ways film, which was something I saw at Chat Film Fest. Check out that interview at VibrantVisionaries.com. Everything is available via audio, but also on YouTube at VibrantVisionaries.com slash YouTube. All right, on with the show. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi Bennett, Vibrant Visionaries podcast, and... I have, you know, I noticed I say a new friend about everybody, like everyone. I'm just assuming we're going to be like best buddies for the rest of our lives. But. I mean, I feel, I feel it. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. I, feel, I, felt, I felt it pretty quickly. So I couldn't say it. I'll allow it. <laughs> David Lawson. He's a producer and more, but we'll get into the more <laughs> right now. <laughs> a man in black. Um, a heathen. <laughs> I mean, all of these, these are all like so exactly accurate it's hilarious perfect um yes thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah so i was covering virtual chattanooga film festival this year and you were i think probably the you know first or second face i saw on screen (laughs) yeah it's uh you know what I, i i love that i love that festival for a lot of reasons and um chris really you know we always Every year we come up, we've already started, by the way, for next year, coming up with stupid, crazy things to do. I'll tease it a little bit. I came up with a really good kazoo idea that I'm really that I'm really happy about that uh, when we implement, we'll drive half of the people insane and make the other half of the people go uh, crazy. So I guess everybody's going crazy just in different ways. But basically, he, he lets me kind of do whatever I want with some of these with some of these panels. Um, I love I love getting a chance to to allow people kind of a peek behind the curtain. It's one of the reasons that that I love Chattanooga so much is is their love for film has extended beyond just the insanely awesome curation that that Chris does and into really educating its guests on on what goes into actually making a film and and has really helped launch some people into careers of filmmaking. Um, you know, from the from the kind of Tennessee, Georgia area, when you know we get to come in and explain, you know, our process and how we do things. It's especially, you know, they've been playing. I think they've played almost every film I've produced, 
with a couple exceptions because last year there was a pandemic i don't know if you heard <laughs> they've played everything since like i was making movies with with eight people in a in a cabin and so it's really fun to get to go and kind of share all of that uh and that's turned into some really fun panels like getting to chat with gary sherman for two hours uh, I could have talked to him for another six hours and we still wouldn't have gone through his career. That man is fascinating. He is and a then, great storyteller too. Like he really, <laughs> I could tell you had like, oh, I can interject with this. I could, oh, I guess I'll just I, step back I, and let him I, roll. <laughs> him and I actually met when they did the double feature at the last in-person Chattanooga two years ago. And then over the last year in the pandemic, we've become really good friends because again, you know, everything's kind of virtual now. So talking to somebody on a computer is less weird than it was pre-pandemic. And so him and I have, him and, him and I have had so many conversations. So when Chris was like, I think I want to do Gary. I think I want to have like a, a retrospective on Gary. I was like, please let me have that conversation with him. Cause like, I've had a lot of those conversations with him already. I've a lot of, a lot of that was just me leading him into stories that I knew he was going to tell that are just, I, I wanted everybody else to, to get to experience the, the, stories that i've that i've heard over the last year and again we didn't even get into we got to vice squad which you know we didn't even get into poltergeist 3 or anything else so and then, and then i love doing the pitch competition every year because it's a really fun way i've become really good friends with last year's winner bj and it's a really fun way I've, I've already had meetings with all six of the people that i chose um and I'm trying to help them kind of get their projects to the next stage but it's just really, I don't know, I, just, I love the festival and I love everything. Also, I mean, we didn't, we haven't even talked about like the insanely great films that were playing there. Yeah, and I, I scratched the surface with, with the ones I was able to see. But yeah, what, what were ones that stood out for you? So I think my two favorite, my like absolute two favorite is an ideal host in Dimland. Dimland to me, I think is my favorite. They're real. I, I mean, it's funny because I, with both of them, I see... Just I see Justin, Aaron, and I in in their films in terms of like how they did it and how they got it made. Obviously, they're different films than than what we do. Kind of Dimland is a little bit in our lane, but I see like I don't know. I see myself in in their in their filmmaking, and so it made me really happy to see that like there's a whole generation after us that's still that's still getting real scrappy and trying to figure out just ways to tell cool stories. He's dead, and so am I. I fucking I. I I, I laughed, I think, more at that. I love the documentary Cliff. Um, also, Alien on stage, I found insanely endearing. Old Ways, I'd seen Old Ways previously. I'm a friends with one of the producers on that, so I saw an early cut. Um, and then the, the doc for, for Woodland Stark. Uh, yeah. I could go into shorts, but Jesus, I saw so many. I saw more good shorts than I saw bad shorts, and I made my way through a good chunk of these shorts. So that made me really happy. Let's talk about the films that you produce. So I am going to just plead ignorance. I saw Synchronic the other day. Oh, wonderful. Because I saw it as the poster behind you. And <laughs> I knew it was on Netflix. And I'd seen it. And I was like, oh, you know, and I kind of looked into what you did. I was like, oh, he produced this. Okay, cool. Really thought it was super interesting and inventive. And then I was actually listening to Another podcast I love, The um, Evolution of Horror, and they mentioned that it was part of this whole grouping of ones that these guys had put together and put out and everything. So it's part of a whole world. I, I'm okay. I'm ignorant of it. So, so I'm hold happy on. To... I actually, I've got a visual aid for this. That, awesome. Um, awesome. 
that the wonderful people over at uh, uh, Scary Stuff Podcast, who I've gone on a couple times. So it's called the Shitty Carl Universe. Um, it's like the <laughs> the Shitty Carl Cinematic Universe. It's like the the MCU, but way shittier is the way we like to pitch it. So all of their four films that that we've made up to this all kind of interconnect in in a very specific way. And you kind of have to, there's there's little threads. Uh, there's little threads throughout all of them. We just announced uh, Justin and Aaron's fifth film. I won't go into whether or not that thread's in. I'll let you. I'll let everybody watch it and decide for themselves. But yeah, we we got our start. Uh, it, you know, the three of us own a company now called Rustic Films. Uh, we started a decade ago with a little film called Resolution. It was like twenty five thousand dollars and made it in a tiny little cabin in uh, that Justin's dad owns in in. Uh, Southern California. Since then, we've gone on to, you know, every film spent a little bit bigger. Uh, we made a film called Spring, which we shot in Italy. And then we made a film called The Endless, which very much ties into resolution until we, we you know, got our first kind of quote unquote big break. And we we're able to do a movie with, again, quote unquote, real money, which was synchronic, which is a little bit bigger, but still probably much smaller than everybody thinks. Yeah. And so like, I, what, three years now, almost four years ago, we we decided to finally like officially make a company. I think it, it was almost like when you've, when you're living with somebody for like five or six years and you're like, I mean, I guess we should just get married. Right. <laughs> just like, and so, uh, and which has been really cool because now we've been able to bring in other directors like Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella. Um, we did their film after midnight and then we, um, did Amy Simons's film, which is right there, uh, called she dies tomorrow that neon put out last year. So, yeah, it's been it's it's been a really it's been a really fun journey. It's really it's still weird. I, we chatted a little bit before this. Like, it's still weird to me that people know our films now and like are like, oh, I'm a big fan. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that yet because <laughs> it's still like I don't know making movies with my friends. Yeah, yeah, like it's the same on your end. Um, right, right. For, it's like sometimes on my sometimes... end, it's like Captain America and who I call because of another podcast, Jamie Dornan on a horse because. <laughs> <laughs> There's this awesome podcast called Radaptations, and that's what they called Jamie Dorn and Jamie Dornan on a horse. So I'm, that's what I call him. But I'm here for it. Yeah. it just got, I might call him that next time. Right, next time I talk to him, uh, I will say that the Captain America thing. I went and saw Endgame with my wife, and we were in the theaters, and it's it's like you know packed. It was opening weekend, and when. Right at the end, when when he called when he calls Anthony up to him and was and gave him the shield, I like literally got out of my seat and said I was like screaming yes because we didn't know, like he he couldn't tell us because of his NDAs, and so I found out that he he was becoming the new Captain America while watching it, but we had already shot our movie, so I I was very very excited, and I'm sure no one in the theater knew why I was. <laughs> Or, or assumed some other reason I was really excited, but really it was because I was like, we have Captain America in our movie. <laughs> and also he's, that both of them, you know, it was the first time that we've worked with like, quote unquote, movie stars. Yeah, I use that, all those terms loosely because everybody we've worked with has been an absolute dream and fucking insanely talented. But uh, the two of them could not have been nicer. And by, by their standards, we were a small shoot. They were dreams to work with and, and just incredibly nice humans. I'd really like to know and love to to have listeners find out a bit more about what it is that a producer actually does. Because I think there's a, <laughs> you know, a, a cinematic version of what a producer is. You know, we've seen producers in films and television and everything. But like, 
when it gets down to it, if you're talking about, oh, I work with these guys, we have a team, we decided, yeah, we're, you know, we're already in bed together, let's make it official. But what it is, <laughs> what is it? I like that. that I like that phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you actually do? Oh, man. That's the office face question, right? Um, <laughs> so it's it's such a uh, it's funny because a good friend of mine asked me to teach him how to become a producer over the pandemic. And I was like, this is great. I was like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to we're going to do a Zoom and I'm going to record it. And that way I can send it to other people that have asked me what a producer does. And that class ended up being two hours long and it was barely the surface of what we do. So I'll try and kind of it's like, it's like, I was, it's like being like, how do you go to the moon? It's like, oh man, that's a, where do you start? The, the easiest version is I find and champion projects. There's a lot of different types of producers. I tend to do a lot of all of their jobs. There are some people that can only find projects and only pe some people that can only find money or only have talent relations or can only budget or run a shoot or only go through posts. I have a little, I'm like a little bit of a jack of all trades on that, which is again, kind of Justin, Aaron and I, like all of our mantras are like, the more things that we can do, the less we have to pay other people to do them. So the cheaper a project or more affordable a project becomes when it's like, oh, hey, we can just pay ourselves nothing. And then it's really cheap to do a project. So that's, I, I mean, that's the, the broadest spectrum is, is that literally I, I find a project happened earlier last week. I fell in love with it. Now I'm trying to find money for it. Once that happens, then we'll be off to the races about putting everything together. So our job is really macro level thinking and, and knowing what kind of the trends are in the marketplace so that you're not putting out a movie that audiences aren't really into seeing like, you know, there's, they're like cycles of things, but like if werewolves are really in right now, you should not be making a werewolf movie because by the time that movie is done and into the public, we're already back to vampires and werewolves are, you're going to have to, you're going to wait five years to put out your werewolf movie because nobody wants to see werewolves right now. So you really have to kind of stay forward thinking in terms of like, what's going to be the next trend. Cause you know, it takes about three years for us from, from the time that we like fall in love with something until the time that an audience can see it, it's anywhere from three to five years. So you're really kind of guessing uh, what the marketplace is going to want at that point. So it's a bit of speculation and a whole lot of crying. And I read a ton. Um, there's like literally short story books all over my office right now. That's what I've fallen in love with. Since I, I, had a, I have a seven-month-old and I've fallen in love with short stories because they're, <laughs> they're short I was like, I can read this in 20 minutes. And then if the baby starts crying, I can just go do that. And then I would imagine with a short story that if you fall in love with it and see potential for it being a film that um, I remember I watched, rewatched, revisited when a strange, oh no, is that what it's called? Oh, what's the one where it's a, she's a babysitter and the call's coming from in the, inside the house. Do you know that's what I'm scream, talking about? Scream. <laughs> so that's because you're 40 and because I'm 54. So the original one, I did a podcast with somebody who's about your age. And I remember she said the same answer, but there's an earlier one from the 70s starring... When a Stranger Calls. When a Stranger Calls, yeah. Did you look it up? I did. Of course I looked it you up. I'm just really up. good at Googling so things because I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> I so, grew up Googling things. 
So when a stranger calls is based on that short, spooky story about yeah. a call is coming from inside the house. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to rewatch this. I haven't watched it in, since <laughs> the 70s or the 80s, yeah. who knows what. And uh, But I always like that story. And Carol Kane is in it. So she's yeah. great, of course. But really, in the film, the full-length feature film, that is the first right. 20 minutes of it. And then the rest I, of it is just sort of a boring stalker film. Yeah, like this, I don't know if you've, uh, Stories of Your Life and Others, uh, mm. that's, that's the story that Arrival is right. written from. And I like, I, I literally bought that because Arrival is one of my favorite films of all time. I, I think it's like... As far as sci-fi goes, that hit all of the yeses for me. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Except I wanted more math. I wanted more like how they figured out the actual language that ended up just being a voiceover. I know that was 45 minutes of footage that we'll never see. That was like, here's all of the intricate. And they're like, how about we just do a Jeremy Renner voiceover? Totally, totally. <laughs> I just watched... Um... Uh, yesterday, I just put on American Hustle again, and it's like, you know, brings the two of them back together, but in very different roles. Um. Yes, very, <laughs> very different roles. But yeah, no, I, I I love, I mean, also, I just love the shorts, like, short form con, like, I, I enjoy watching shorts. Like I said, I watched a ton of them. I'm, I'm of the ADD generation. So it's like, for me, it's like six minutes. It's like, yeah. Also, from a from a producer standpoint, for me, it's like, if you can tell a really compelling, interesting story in six minutes, then I want to see what else you can do. And like, that's for me, it's like, I, it's always a little bit of talent scouting of just seeing really talented up and comers because it's obviously easier and cheaper to make a short film than it is a feature so i always i always take time to, to check out like even on actual film festivals i've got a short box because i just i'm always fascinated by what, what people can come up with getting back to what you do for a living and what it entails what do you think are some of your favorite things about being a producer this is going to sound so weird. So my favorite thing about being a producer is that I never know what's going to blow up my day in a really bad way. And it's like, I grew up doing puzzles and like logic problems. And uh, being a producer is a lot of that, like a lot of just trying to figure out solutions to complicated problems. And I almost never know what that problem is going to be when I wake up in the morning. I'm always hit with it at like, well, probably as soon as I finish up recording this podcast, whatever it is going to ruin today will hit my email. Um, it might already be there just waiting for me. And I really enjoy that aspect of like never, no day is ever the same. I'm constantly, you know, reading new projects, talking to new people, trying to figure out different solutions to things. So for me, it's like constantly the, the job always is always evolving and it's always challenging my brain to kind of come up with fun, creative solutions. And, you know, when you're, Again, when you don't have all the money in the world and you're trying to come up with fun, cost-effective solutions, I don't know. I just there's something I find challenging about that 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 makes me feel satisfied at the end of the day. Awesome. Well, I think that's a, a wonderful way to finish off the episode. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's totally who I have on the podcast. People who just we get bored. We just want to always. We don't. We don't want to get bored. We always want to be doing something different and interesting. Yeah, it's. I think that that's. Uh, it's the cool thing. It's the reason I love movies in general is just because there's always a world to explore, and it's like our world is 
well, it's kind of shitty sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, let's just go live somewhere else for like two hours and, and just hope that maybe, you know, when we come back, somebody solved at least one of these problems. Yeah, totally. They haven't. They haven't. Spoiler alert. They're still there. But for, for two hours, those problems don't exist. And we have to, we have to play in somebody else's sandbox. So, uh, yeah, before we wrap up, is there any uh, particular project you want to point people to or, you know, your social handles, anything like that? You yeah, wanna... uh, almost everything. It's da uh, at David Lawson Jr., D-A-V-I-D-L-A-W-S-O-N-J-R. As far as upcoming projects, uh, we just announced that we we sold our new film, Something in the Dirt. No release plan for that yet, as we're still kind of going through post on that. So keep your eye out for that. Otherwise, you know, Synchronic is still free on Netflix. I think She Dies Tomorrow is on Hulu, After Midnight's on Shutter. I want to say almost everything else is on Amazon Prime that we've that we've produced. So there's like a whole bunch of if you have the subscriptions, relatively uh, cost effective ways to to check out our stuff. And, and again, thank you for uh, thank you for taking time and, and chatting, and thank you for uh, all that you did during Chattanooga. I'm, I, I'm glad you enjoyed, it and I hope that when it goes in person, we get to see some some of these uh, faces that we've met you know, over the last two years doing it virtually, I, I look forward to sitting in the lobby of, uh, of the cinema and, and getting to have these conversations in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was really fun to talk with you and fun to, to go along for the ride, uh, uh on the virtual fest and, uh, yeah. See you in person. Uh, hopefully let's see, are they doing it next 20? It'll be in, per it, it'll be in person next year. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, David. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett, and this is my beloved podcast. I produce it, I host it, I book it, and have fantastic editing done by David Smith. Thank you so much, David. Find everything at VibrantVisionaries.com, including a link to our new YouTube channel, Vibrant Visionaries Network. There's even a link to our Patreon where you can join the Vibrant Visionaries community and support the podcast. You can also find me at HeidiBennett.com. Thanks for listening and ciao for now! Mm -hmm.